The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Yo, Auntie, you was with Drake and them? They was with me. Ooh! Oh. Drake and Travis was with me. Drake wanted, look, let's get the record straight. Drake, no, turn off the music. They got to <laughs> hear this. Drake wanted the smoke, got the smoke, and lost. Mm. Right? T. Scott, he was taught when I said Who I was T. Scott, Travis Scott. I was like, I will beat your, I will beat your ass, nephew. He talking about never that, never that. He actually in the three point contest on the Nike campus, he actually sent a representative out to shoot for him. I'm like, bro, if you can't shoot the, from the three point line, you ain't shooting against Auntie. Travis Scott did that. He sent a representative. He knows out his lane though. The man knows his lane. How how was that? Can, can you just give us a quick like? Tell, tell the people like what you do, like what your real job is, <laughs> what your real job is, and then get into like the experience with LeBron and, and, and what you were doing with Drake and T. Scott, why you guys were all together. Well, you know, I have one of the best jobs in the world. You know, I work for Nike in Nike brand, in global brand with the global athletes. And we only have 10 of those. And, and so this past week was JDI week. At, at, on the Nike campus called Just Do It Week, and they were cele- we were celebrating 50 years. So we brought back 50 of the most iconic athletes, and and we celebrated them. And we have kind of like our Oscars called the Maxim Awards. Um, Colin Kaepernick was there, and and um, Drake hosted, and and Travis Scott, obviously a, a, a Nike and and slash Jordan athlete. Uh, I mean, a signed entertainer. You know, he entertained, and and. It was great. I mean, it was cool to be on campus and, and just celebrating the swoosh for, for uh, 50 years. Right. And then uh, was it the week before you guys like revealed LeBron James Center or something? It or- was that same week. Yeah, they had built the the new LeBron James building. It's a dope. It's like where the innovation happens at Nike. It's amazing. He yeah. was so excited. And and uh, they, they finally they officially dedicated it and opened it up. Um, last week so i love that they have an incredible um i don't know where in the facility it is but they have an incredible portrait of his mother really um, yeah of gloria james um i don't know if lebron's also in it or it's just a a portrait of her but you know how instrumental she has been in his life and how close they are and i saw um a photo of the portrait and it was beautifully done so um, she has there's actually the restaurant at the bottom of the lebron james building is called glows and so there's 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 um uh, recipes from Gloria and LeBron. I haven't Love tasted that. it yet, but I, I'll, I'll let y'all know. But 
It was just, it was a wonderful week. LeBron was a total LeBron, LeBron has good taste in food. Cleveland All-Star Weekend, this past All-Star Weekend, he had right. a dinner that I went to. You were invited? Yeah, LeBron. Listen, LeBron's cool people. All those guys over at Spring. LeBron's Hill. one of the best, most. His wife was there. Matt was there. All those guys yes. were there. Um, but yeah, he, he has great taste in food. So I don't doubt that that restaurant probably is going to be um, phenomenal. It's oh, it probably, is. Um, I mean, people are, people love it. And and like I said, he was such a professional. And LeBron's such a great guy. And, and Yeah, he's uh, cool. He's cool. Tremendous businessman. So. I, I look well, forward listen, to things coming from him. On the topic of business, not such great business, we're going to pivot uh-huh. a little bit and, and talk about the fallout of Robert Sarver, Phoenix Suns owner. Um, PayPal has an ultimatum for him, and it's either that the disgraced owner resigns or one of the biggest companies in the world is going to pull the plug on a lucrative sponsorship deal. CEO and president of PayPal, Dan Shulman, released a strongly worded statement Friday morning, and he did not mince words. He said, quote, PayPal is a values-driven company and has a strong record of combating racism, sexism, and all forms of discrimination. We have reviewed the report of the NBA League's independent investigation into Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver and found his conduct unacceptable and in conflict with our values. Now, listen, also Phoenix Suns minority owner followed in the steps of Chris Paul, LeBron James, and a few other NBA players who spoke out against the ruling unfavorably. And um, basically said the same thing, that he should resign ASAP after the NBA found that he's used racist, racist language and bullied employees during his tenure. So for those who are um, unaware of the situation, a overview of it was Robert Sarver has been um, accused by multiple employees, former employees, over 17 years of ownership that he engaged in misogynistic and racist um, language and also actions. Some of the things that were mentioned in the report were, you know, not just using racist language, but also doing things such as exposing his genitals to female employees, um, you know, commenting on sexual acts that they do with their partners, commenting on the weight of sons, dancers and other female employees, Um, Just being crude and inappropriate and predatory and also going back to the racist language, you know, there were multiple reports that he used the N-word multiple times um, and there were trails allegedly of emails and firsthand reports and also it was reported that he did not create an environment where this was even something they could report to HR because HR wasn't set up in a way that was even going to um, investigate claims like this so it was kind of an environment where you were walking on eggshells because you were so uncomfortable and there was no way to go ahead and Um, change that uncomfortableness that you were feeling in the workplace. It wasn't a safe work environment. The NBA came down, gave him a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine, which is really, you know, I spoke on this a couple of days ago. For me, it's extremely disappointing from a league that claims to be so liberal, right? We always talk about the differences between the NFL and the NBA and how the NBA, the things that are allowed in the NFL would never happen in the NBA because they don't stand for it. They're very progressive. They're very liberal. Um, It's a player's first league. But then you go ahead and you give a joke of a suspension, a joke of a fine 
to an owner who has to almost two decades worth of just inappropriate, just disgusting, vile, misogynistic behavior. And then Adam Silver goes on a press conference and in so many words says that players and owners are held to a different standard because owners are not employees, which wasn't a surprise, I think, to anybody because we always knew that owners and players were held to a different standard. But hearing it come out of his mouth, was um, definitely disheartening. And they tries to double back on it, but it's like, you already said it. Auntie, I mean, how do you, what do you make of this whole situation? Yo, at, this pisses me off because, you know, they, they talk about the fact that the, um, the Phoenix, the Suns employed the most percentage of people of color in the league. Uh-huh. And this is like the rich person's version of having black friends. And so he feels like he can say right. the word, he can talk to people, he can jump out of the shower naked and stand in front of a male employee, and he can do all of this egregious, egregious behavior, right? But always pass it off as, oh, I was just joking. And not to mention, before you finish that sentence, he not only is owner of the Phoenix Suns, which is in a league, 75% black men play in the NBA, the Phoenix Mercury, where he deals with minority women, double minorities, black women and women. So it's but, but, but guess what? If if I, you know, this is that, like I said, that rich man's, that rich white man's mentality in that, you know what? I employ more black people under right. me than mm-hmm. anybody. So that gives me a pass every now and then to say the N-word. And then when they call me out on it, it's just me saying, you know what? Uh-uh. I'm just I'm just telling you what Brandon told me. I'm just telling you what Rachel told me to say. And they told him, stop saying the N-word. And they said he said it at least five times. At and least that's five times on the record. So you know how many times it was off the record. Absolutely. But you're getting out of the shower naked and, fr- and standing in front of an employee. Like, you know, you're 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 asking players. He asked one of the Suns players if he shaved his balls. Like, right. what kind of shit is that? And if that were a, if, if that were I think if that were a woman who acted like that, she'd be gone immediately. And, you know, he was one of the good boys in the NBA. But this is for me. I mean, this is totally unacceptable. I hope that PayPal does leave. I hope that all of his sponsors leave. Um, and guess what? A year away from his team, guess or what? Billionaire, Mercury, at that. right? If the Phoenix Mercury win the title next year and the Suns, guess what? He'll still be able to hold the trophy. And what's ten million dollars to a to a guy who owes? Be, I mean, yeah, exactly. The it's the put. It's the putting. You know, it's this ideology that billionaires, especially white billionaires, for the most part, tend to put business above morality and we've seen it so many times and it's frustrating and it's you know it's something that for me it's disheartening because it's coming from the nba if this was the nfl it would almost be like oh it's here we go again it's expected (laughs) but the nba is not supposed to stand for things like this they're a league that always prides itself on progression and doing the right thing and being socially aware and you're not socially aware when you bring a suspension forward for somebody who should no longer have a team the only thing the only thing protecting this man from not losing his team as of yet based on the NBA's um, ruling is the fact that they didn't have any concrete proof like they did with Donald Sterling, right? There was no voicemail. There was nothing that you can hold and say, well, we got him. It's all quote unquote word of mouth. And he said, she said, but 
for two decades, almost two decades worth of accusations are not tall tales. They're not fables. They're not made up. Not everybody came together and said, you know what? We're going to get them out of here. Let's make sure we start at 17 years right. ago and let's all start talking. No, it happened. Like it happened. We don't need any more. We don't need concrete proof to know that it happened. And it's disappointing from Adam Silver for somebody who has built his entire foundation foundation as commissioner on the grounds of always being socially aware and not standing for certain things. And he did the exact thing that he said he would never do. Right. One that's crazy before, and I'd love to hear what you got to say, nephew. I know you have something amazing to chime in on this, but it wasn't just black people who were making these allegations. No. It wasn't just women. It was everybody. Everyone. Right? When one person talks, okay. Two, okay. 20, 30, over 18 years that's a lot of people and i'm tired like you said i'm tired of rich white men using wealth as an excuse for being there for their moral compass not pointing in the right direction yeah no no, i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback right there piggyback off of you right there and that's um i'm blessed to be in the position where i played in the national football league and i've established some great relationships with owners okay um and people in power. And the interesting thing is, still to this day, after 2020, after 2016, Kaepernick really putting fuel on a conversation that was just there. And then 2020, they still act and and conduct themselves like we're not having this conversation. Right. Right. They don't think they're going to get caught. They don't think this this stuff will ever get out. Like there's so many times and it's not just owners. There's also men where it's like, man, bro, like you don't remember the Me Too movement? Like, what are you saying? What are you doing right now? Right. So um, it's interesting for me when I'm actually in these private settings and I still hear men conduct themselves or, or talk the way they talk. And I'm like, bro, like this shit could just tear you down, tear your whole operation down. What are you doing? But it goes back to speaking about wealthy people Mm -hmm. have big egos and wealthy men, wealthy white men who white men in general are already in a position to succeed in this country. You give them billions of dollars. It just inflates and sense of entitlement that they already have. Right. Or at least that they portray to have, because I can't speak for every single white man in the country, but that they portray to have. So you give them money and they feel untouchable. They feel like, well, listen, even if I do get caught, what are you going to do to me? Nothing like and right. they feel like that because nine times out of 10, they do get away with it. Nothing happens. Right. Like right. It's only now that responsibility has been started to not see money but even at that even now it's still such it's such a small amount of the time that a billionaire cannot talk himself out of a situation that it's not enough to make the rest of them scared because they know listen that was just the exception it's not the rule right right but 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 guess what but then he could turn around and say you know what but y'all even though i'm saying the n-word and i was just saying that that's what they told me. But right. y'all are forgetting that that in May, I gave $100,000 to the Thurgood Marshall uh, tr- Center uh, Trust 
um, service right. and heritage. You know, I give I gave millions and millions of dollars to uh, minority owned organizations and nonprofits. And 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 so they and they they expect that to be their permission slip to talk to people any old kind of way mm. and do any old kind of thing that they can any old time. Like, right. like, like Chris Paul said, the sanctions fell short. Right. Exactly. And, and I'm glad you brought up Chris Paul. Uh, Cause for me, you know, oh, Ashley, you opened with this, you know, people calling for his resignation. Right. And we talked right. about these companies starting to pull out now. Um, they can survive that. The NFL survived, you know, Colin Kaepernick and and companies pulling out certain people doing certain things. Right. What they can't survive is the players uh, standing up and saying, I don't want to play for him. I will not play for him. Mm. So I'm saying all that to say this, what the players want, the players will get. If the players don't want to play for him and they want him to resign and you see LeBron say that, if you see Chris Paul say that, right, book say that. Right. Oh, he's going to be out of there. He's going to be out of there. Right. That's a huge problem. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting what the fallout from this is. But I don't know how, you know, because you also got to think about the sorry to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. you also got to think about the community. Right. You know, there's so much pressure. On in responsibility on athletes, artists, people who have a platform power. Right. Mm -hmm. From their communities. Right. But the black athlete. You got to you got to you got you got to remember this. That shit is sweet when you're in a locker room. That shit is sweet when you're in the arena. You know, it's cool when you're on your private plane and y'all chopping up. It's cool when you wearing Balenciaga and and Louis Vuitton. But you got family members who are still back home and they're dealing with this. And you're going back to that conversation. And I, I can assure you that these uh, basketball players, you know, their family members hitting them up. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? Right. Like there's a mm-hmm. responsibility for for these athletes to say the right thing, do the right thing. And then also and it's not about just saying the right thing. It's about like, man, what when you say fell short, well, what's supposed to happen? Right. And stand on that. And And, and the last thing I would say to this is I feel. You know, Kaepernick started this conversation in 2016. Um, it was, it, 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 you know, I mean, you had the world marching in the middle of a pandemic in 2020, right? Everyone took this conversation, pushed it forward. And, um, you know, it, it 2020 gave the athlete like this confidence to stand up and say, oh, shit, I can push back on these owners. I can push back on the league, right? Mm-hmm. Like players are bold now. Like, you know, and it's, I don't know if it's just this generation where it's like, yo, if you're not doing the right things, oh, hell, like your company, ain't nobody going to support it. Ain't nobody coming. Right. They're going to call for your head. People are more confident and bold today. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see what happens. And over listen, the next couple I would weeks. like to see the same people who have and rightfully so energy for people like Watson and, and you know, or, or disgusted and despise what transpired there keep that same energy for owners and right. you know what's there's a saying what's good for the goose is good for the gander basically what that means is the moral compass doesn't change if that's the foundation that you stand on and that's how you go ahead and exist 
and that's what right and from wrong is for you, that doesn't waver right. depending on who it is. It's just across the board. So what I think comes out of it definitely developing for sure. You want to um, think comes out of it real quick? Yeah, uh, go ahead. That is, I think, you know, Chris Paul came out and voiced his opinion. I de- Devin Booker hasn't yet, but I think mm-hmm. I'm predicting that Devin Booker quietly is is not happy with this whole thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks go after him. Mm-hmm. We should see my words. We should see. Listen, Devin Booker to the Knicks. I'm I'm all I'm all for it, Auntie. But don't get my hopes up. I'm Bruce Murray, host of the Replay Sports on the Big Screen. Now let me ask you: Is there anything better than the perfect sports movie? Watching Rudy run onto the field or Jimmy Chitwood take the final shot? You know the ending, but you still feel something that's nearly impossible to replicate. On my new podcast, we're taking a deep look at your favorite sports movies and the real stories behind them. You can find the replay, Sports on the Big Screen, on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Ashley Nicole Moss, Brandon Marshall, Auntie Chantel, and we have a special guest in the building, Chad Brown, former NFL linebacker. Listen, three-time Pro Bowler and two-time NFL All-Pro who played 15 seasons in the NFL for 15. five, 15, one five, for five different teams, mostly a team is near that's near and dear to Auntie Chantel, Pittsburgh and Seattle, and contributed over a thousand tackles and 79 sacks. Now, listen, since retiring, he's worked as a color analyst and sideline reporter for college and NFL games. And he will actually be working the Arkansas Pine Bluff versus Oklahoma State game tomorrow for ESPN Plus. Please welcome Chad Brown. Welcome to the show, Chad. How are you? I am fantastic. Happy football Friday to everybody out there. And uh, thanks for having me on. 
I'm excited to have you OG. on. Listen, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into some football. What did you make of that Chiefs Chargers no, game last can't night? Do that. Me Why? And front week Pittsburgh people. You're not. I Real mean, quick, you're yes, not. Yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am. What right. was your favorite part of Pittsburgh playing there? What My favorite. Your... You know what? Pittsburgh is awesome. I think it's unique amongst NFL cities because you don't have to lie, Chad. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. no. This, this is all true. This is all true. The Steeler fans. They grow up Steeler fans. They sleep on Steeler sheets. Kids wear Steeler bibs and Steeler PJs. So mm-hmm. other places, I, I think, you know, the, the fandom is not so woven into who you are. If you are from Pittsburgh, you are a Steeler fan. It's just an automatic kind of thing out there. So other cities have great fan bases, and I don't want to deny the greatness of other fan bases, but there's no place where the fabric of the city the team, the people are so tightly woven together that it's almost inseparable. You can't pull them apart. I raise you Dallas Cowboy fans. Because <laughs> uh, I, have, hold on. I had cowboy pajamas. I have a shirt that I sleep in that's a cowboy shirt. I had a cowboy. I actually still have a cowboy's bathroom. Yeah, but, but, I, I, I yeah, had but, the gear. But you know what, though? Why are y'all so quiet? We're not quiet. You're, the fans you better are, be quiet right now because y'all only yes. one. Well, because we're in pain, Auntie. That's different. We're no, in pain. But it's like you, but like the, we're in the, mourning the, right now. No one travels better than the Steelers fans. No True. one. There, That'll give there, you that. there are some 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 teams. Bills fans Saints, travel phenomenally. Loud, but when you go to Cowboy, the Cowboys, it's like you guys are so like. When we're winning, we're loud. Club. It's like country club. When no, we're winning, we're loud. It's a country club environment. Well, you know what the difference? The biggest difference, I think. Cowboy fans at the beginning of the a lot of Cowboy fans aren't in uh, don't even have any ties to Dallas. Right. Like me. But a lot of Cowboy fans, they talk all the trash. They're the biggest talkers before the season. Every season (laughs) in the preseason, Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl. Right. Pittsburgh fans are just loud for the Steelers. And maybe because. Maybe we have more Super Bowls than the Cowboys, but I don't know. But- Moving on, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Chad, what was your impression of last night's Chief and Chargers game? It was definitely an interesting one. Yeah, uh, I think the AFC West this year may be the greatest quarterback division of all time. Mm. So we saw Justin Herbert. We saw Patrick Mahomes. Derek Carr's not bad. And then Russell Wilson in Denver. So great quarterback division. We were treated with some excellent quarterback play last night. Justin Herbert coming off the mat with the torn rib cartilage, delivering a dime on fourth and one. So it's some awesome quarterback play. But in the end, the Chiefs are a better football team. And for some reason, the Chargers find ways to lose games. The Chargers are going to charge her, is the statement. Um, and that was true again last night. The Chiefs didn't necessarily beat them as much as the Chargers beat themselves once again. Great effort, valiant effort, makes it close, makes it interesting. But in the end, the Chargers tend to charge her. See, mm-hmm. I agree with you, and I said that earlier when we were doing a, a review of the game, a recap of the game. I was like, this was more about the Chargers than it was the Chiefs, right? Yep. But before we move on, you you brought up the broken ridge or the fractured cartilage question for you because we had this debate earlier in the show. Um, is that bone? Is cartilage considered bone? No, it's the it's the connective tissue be- between the uh, bones. Uh, oh, I yes. Know. Appreciate you, Chad. Thanks, Chad. Yes, I, I got you. I got you. Yes, it's not bone. It's that Artist. connective tissue between the bone. So, what helps hold your ribs in place? Of all the <laughs> of all the teams, of Go all ahead. the teams that have played, you know, that either won or lost, um, who do you feel is feeling the most pressure going into week two? Is it a team, a Ooh. particular player? You know what? Uh, I'll go to Denver. I'll go to Denver, you know, where Ooh. I live uh, during football season for the most part. 
with all the fanfare for Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. with all the optimism, uh, optimistic hopefulness for Nathaniel Hackett becoming the head coach, to go to Seattle, lose like they did on a terrible decision to kick a 64-yard field goal, not mm-hmm. let Russ Cook put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. You gave it to do $245 million. Ooh. And now you're going to give it the game to that's, the kicker? That's, that's Brandon's best friend. So oh, let's keep it keep keep it honest. That's his BFF. They're they're biffles. Yeah, but you're not blaming Russ, though, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. Bl- Russ, Russ didn't fumble at the goal line like Javante and Melvin did. Yep. Uh, Russ didn't make that decision to kick the field goal at the end of the game. But the pressure, because of all the expectations, Bronco fans have been so hungry ever since Peyton Manning left for a franchise quarterback. Now you get one. The quarterback gets to go back to his old place and, you know, do what he's supposed to do. Unfortunately, the team over around him doesn't do that. So they lose this game. Now they got Houston at home, which played pretty good against the Colts last week. They played pretty good against the Colts. So this ain't as easy as everyone chalked it up to be when the Bronco fans started looking at that schedule when it first came out. So the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, they got to find a way not just to win but to win big and kind of silence all the critics out there. See, but I don't see, I don't think we see the best Broncos team until around week six, week seven. Cause it's like, if you watch that game, Russ threw for 340, great, looks amazing. Uh, they rushed 400, awesome, right? But that offense, it wasn't like um, sharp to me. You know, it was a, there was a couple delays. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bunch of times where they, where Russ is at the line and he's still pushing guys and lining guys up. Mm-hmm. There's too much. There was too much going on for me. So that's promising because they beat the Seattle Se- Seahawks nine out of 10 times, right? They do, but they shot themselves in the foot. They can't turn the ball over. I always say job security is ba- ball security is job security, yours and mine. You can't, you can't turn it over. You can't win, right? They need to fix some things. And once they get that offense crisp and everybody feel good about the role, I think they're going to get going. Jerry Judy didn't get uh, in the game until late. Sutton, Sutton didn't get in the game and involved until late, right? So they, there's a lot, a lot of things they need to work through. Yeah. Now that would be understandable. And I think fans would be like, okay, but coach Hackett was asked, are you nervous for your first game? And he mm-hmm. Dismiss the, the question. I got this. I've been doing football a long time. So you didn't play any of your guys in the preseason. You only had one joint practice against the Dallas Cowboys. You guys didn't do any live tackling during training camp. And guess what? Your running backs fumbled because they ain't had full contact until mm. game one. Mm. Guess Very what? Strange. You on your offense that you call the plays for, head coach, you guys had several delays of games. And there were lots of plays, as you point out. Russ was trying to get guys lined up. So clearly you guys weren't ready to go 100 miles an hour on game one. So some preseason action might have helped, coach. But mm. no, you dismissed the question out of hand. Like, I got this. Get on my back. I'm going to take you all to the Super Bowl. That's why I say the pressure is ratting up on Hackett and the Broncos. Mm. Mm. Well, I got a question. Can I ask a question, Ashley? Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead. We have yes, time. go ahead. Actually, a two-part question. One, because we, we, we didn't touch on it earlier, but I saw it in the notes. Between... Dak Prescott wow. and TJ Watt, which injury hurts which team more? And then number two, when do you expect to see Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh this year? Mm. Ooh, okay. Uh, number one, Dak Prescott by far hurts the Cowboys way worse. For TJ Watt and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers have this model. They've been playing the same defense 
since before I was there. You know, my rookie year was 1993. So I've been playing the same defense. So if you are a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. you know what you are looking for from an edge rusher. Go back from T.J. Watt. Go to uh, James Harrison, to Joey Porter, to Chad Brown, to Kevin Green, to Greg Lloyd. The list is long. So if you're trying to find players to fit that role, you can do that. This year, it's Highsmith. Had three sacks against Cincinnati last week. They just got uh, Malik Reed from the Broncos in the trade because the Broncos had too many edge guys. Another guy who fits that mold in Pittsburgh. So they've got guys behind them. They're not going to be T.J. Watt. Not going to have the same kind of production. Not going to draw the same kind of attention. Chad Brown. They're not going to be Chad Brown, but they're going to be pretty good. They're going to be pretty good. But for for, for Dak Prescott, you know, the the Cowboys have no real answer behind him. It's Cooper Rush, right? And Cooper Rush ain't going to be rushing uh, anybody to some kind of championship anytime soon. (laughs) Now, what do you think about Kenny Pickett? Uh, I like Kenny Pickett. Um. You know, uh, maybe week seven, week eight. You know, uh, I think the coaches want to get the offense up and going. They want to create some kind of rhythm offensively. Uh, Mitch Trubisky will begin to show his limitations. And at some point, Mike T's got to, you know, make the switch and go with the young fella because the promise is there. Oh, my goodness. Well, Chad, outside of being, um, you know, a former NFL star, you're also into breeding raising and selling reptiles you have a 55 and that is not a, a wrong number a 55 year old lizard named fernando is that correct what? you are correct wow. you are correct wow. yeah so uh, right. fernando is uh the world's oldest and largest beaded lizard beaded lizards are the larger cousin of gila monsters everyone knows gila monsters the only right. venomous species of lizard on the planet well the beta lizards are also venomous <laughs> I and I, I, I am in possession of fernando uh get to be a caretaker for him and each day that he lives he sets a new longevity record uh for that particular species i've been wow. fascinated by animals my entire life uh i started breeding reptiles while i was still in college at the university of colorado got some money in my pocket in the nfl built my business pro exotics reptiles we used to produce several thousand baby reptiles every year, sold them all over the world. Uh, and now I've got my company, Ship Your Reptiles, where I help hobbyists and businesses ship reptiles all across the America, all across America. Wow. That's um, cool. Bernie, you want to get into the reptile business? Heck no. I, hey, listen, <laughs> uh, my, 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 um, yeah, no. <laughs> now, this is a podcast, and I can see everyone's faces here. And um, <laughs> there is a certain cultural, cultural thing about reptiles that uh, most folks of color are, are not so interested in reptiles. Why is that? Um, why? I think it's a. I think it's a. Black people don't like birds. Uh, I think it's a. It's a taught thing. It's a cultural thing. Um, now at reptile shows and stuff like that, there's definitely more and more people of color every single year. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a talk so, thing. I'm not sure if it's a, a Southern thing or, you know, something so you from think, your grandma or whatever, whatever, but there's something there for sure. So do you is put it a movie thing? thing? So do you in the movie, cause in the movies, the reptiles always eat the black people first. Let's call it what it is, Chad. Like but we they also in horror but, movies first, and that's not reptile related. You gotta put this we in the saw Ice Cube get be uh eaten by and uh the anaconda, oh, like right. Right. Come on, yeah, y'all. We saw that. Yeah. yeah. Marsh, you put it in the same category as you know, in our culture, it's like, oh, that steak, you I need it well done. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. It, is, it is a clear, clear cultural phenomenon that I can't necessarily find the origins oh, wait, to. No, I, my state is very clear. Well, well you, you Sicilian. <laughs> my, I do my state medium well. I don't want to like chew it yeah, for 10 I, hours. I mean, but it took me to, when I got to high school, my high school uh, defensive coordinator, you know, I was player of the week and he bring the guys over, whoever was the offensive, offensive player of the week and defensive player of the week and he'll cook a mistake. And he made me this uh, ribeye and it was medium. Oh, and no, I was scared. No, no, and I, no. But then I had it. I was like, oh, my goodness. Brandon, let's talk it. about the flex, though. But, Chad, how many times were you defensive player of the week? Because I'm sure you were more than once. Uh, many, mm. many times. Uh, okay, thank I, you. I can't say exactly how many, but there were, there's many to that. Yes. <laughs> and Brandon was just flexing on his one real time. Quick, you know quick, what what's your website? Where can we get these reptiles from? All right. Okay. So you go to shipyourreptiles.com. I don't sell them. Uh, I help you ship them. Um, so if you're a military family, you know, get a little Timmy's turtle from Tennessee to Texas. I can help you with that. If you've got a, you know, a little reptile project you're doing in the spare bedroom, you need to send babies out to your eventual customers. I can help you with that. Um, you're moving across country. You just move, need to move your animals across country. I can help you with that. I don't sell the animals. There's lots of places you can go to see them. Uh, probably the best place on the web right now is a place called morphmarket.com. Morphmarket.com is the largest uh, online classifieds of reptiles, and they are a partner of mine, and they uh, sell reptiles, and a lot of those folks who sell those reptiles there use my services to send them out to their customers. Thanks, OG. Well, well, shout out to Little Timmy's Turtle, shout out to Fernando, and shout out to Chad Brown. Thank you so much for joining the show. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.